Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for October 27th, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Type Faster. You would have to know the 1972 box office thriller called Deliverance to think this was funny, and then only if you squeal in delight at decidedly twisted humor. But the bumper sticker right in front of me not long ago said, I hear banjo music, paddle faster. If you don't know why that's funny, ask someone who laughed. After seeing the movie, you definitely don't want to be lost in the time-forgotten woods of northeast Georgia, along the bank of the Chattooga River, and hear... Well, I thought of that bumper sticker when I read the quote attributed to Isaac Asimov, the American science fiction writer. Asimov said, if my doctor told me I had only six minutes to live, I would not brood. I'd just type a little faster. (laughs) Teaching at Boston University until his death in 1992, it wasn't biochemistry that made the professor famous. It was the fact that Asimov had typed a little faster for his whole career. When he died at age 72, he had written or edited more than 500 books. More than 500 books, and he had written more than 90,000 letters or postcards of personal correspondence. In the Dewey Decimal System, for you young folks or digital snobs, that's the system they use to catalog those old dusty collections of bound paper called books. Books they store in those dusty antique buildings called libraries. And Asimov had published works that are cataloged in nine of the ten Dewey Decimal classifications. 500 books. Wow. Type faster indeed. For the last few years, we have designated the last week of October as Legacy Week a time to remember what has been left behind by the members of this community of faith who have gone on ahead. When you leave church today, just outside the doors, take a little detour on the right, noting the names memorialized on those brick pavers along that curved sidewalk in our legacy garden. Because Legacy Week is also a time to consider what distinctives this church enjoys because of those folks. Distinctives in thought and practice and action in this community. We are here today because of what they left to us. And seeing their names should make us consider always what it is that we will leave to those who come after us. What will we leave to those who come after us? Now, in my early years, I must have heard this question hundreds of times. Some of you have been there, too. It was the only question that mattered. If you died tonight, where would you spend eternity? Tom's laughing because he's been there a hundred times like I have. If you died tonight, where would you spend eternity? 
Now, I have learned to trust God a lot more with that question than I did in those days. So on this Legacy Sunday, my question is a little different. Let me ask you, are you really living today whether you died tonight or not? The beautiful hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past, speaks a sober reality. Time, like an ever-rolling stream, soon bears us all away. We fly forgotten as a dream fades at the opening day. We die, and we are no more, period. Now, nothing about that reality registers with me. It may be the only truth we never understand any better than when we first heard the word dead. My grandfather was the first person I knew who died, and I remember how weird that was, trying to understand what that meant and seeing his body and my mother letting me touch his hand. I still don't think I understand it any more than I did then when I was six years old. No matter how long we live, dying is always as weird as when it entered our childhood consciousness. No matter how many times you encounter it, ceasing to be just does not register. How could it? But the hymn has it right because the truth is that no one is really remembered except in the forever presence of God. No one. There are a few names, of course, recorded in the history books, one name out of millions of names, but Mary Magdalene and Martin Luther, Joan of Arc and Gandhi, Harriet Tubman and John McCain, to call just a few of those names. Well, these are just the broken bands of letters ascribing an appellation to an apparition, that is, a name to a ghost. What we call to mind when we hear those names is mostly myth and memory. But what is remembered is never the person revived. You understand what I mean? The names carry on, but the actual people, well, they are just as forgotten, just as dead as everyone else. That's the sober reality. From dust you came, and to dust you shall, we shall all return. On this gray, rainy day, all this talk of death and dying need not be a depressing reality, however. If we trust God in this life, we can trust God with the next one. Let me say that again. Let it sink in. If we trust God in this life, we can trust God with the next one. That being the case, faith, which simply means believing that God is trustworthy, is ultimate freedom, liberation. Faith is freedom from fear of the next life. Faith is freedom for confidence to really live in this one. Faith is about living. Are you really living? Now, ironically, being aware of the, real, of the reality of death may be the best motivator to live fully. Your days are limited. Are you typing faster? 
The psalmist said, teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. In his best-selling book, author Stephen Covey names as one of his seven habits of highly effective people, the habit of beginning with the end in mind. Covey says you've got to know what you want to leave to have it to give in the first place. You've got to know how you want to be remembered, however fleeting that may be for most of us. You've got to know how you want to be remembered to create that legacy. If you know where you want to end, you can make the most of all beginnings. Beginning with the end in mind is great advice. But the point is not the end. The point is the life you live now. Trust God with what's next. The point is life. God has trusted us with that. In a commentary on this text, a pastor named Janet Hunt says, as, as if Paul is writing words for his own tombstone, I find it interesting that in this letter, Paul speaks of fighting the good fight, finishing the race, keeping the faith. There is no talk of winning, just enduring, as though that is winning enough. Are you fighting the good fight? Not just fighting, not hitting back harder than you got hit, not jabbing everyone and everything in your path, heightening the discord with petty grievances. Are you fighting the good fight? In the upside-down ethic Jesus gave to his followers, fighting the good fight does not require winning. In fact, it often means losing as the world sees that. Fighting the good fight means giving, absorbing, sacrificing, loving. It means losing life as the only means of really finding it. Are you fighting the good fight? Are you keeping the faith? Now there's not a word about believing in that sentence. Are you keeping the faith? Faith isn't doctrine, it's discipline. Faith isn't piety, it's perseverance. Faith is hoping when all else fails. Scripture says it's the assurance of things we just hope for. Faith is not believing the right things. It's living this life of uncertainty in a community that trusts the love of God and practices the way of Jesus as best we know how. In one of the best eulogies Amy and I have ever heard, the grandson hailed a grandfather's otherwise unspectacular life, a life soiled as it was with plenty of imperfections. Despite all that, the boy said, the grandfather showed up. When the boy's father could not get it together, the grandfather was there to take him to baseball practice always there to cart him across the state to travel ball games. Faithfully, a grateful grandson remembered he just showed up. The content of faith, despite any clouds of doubt, discontent, disagreement, the content of faith is just showing up. Will you finish the race? 
That crown of righteousness which Paul speaks of isn't given to just one exalted winner. It's for all who finish the race. In those early years of athletic competition, as we try to teach the value of participation, the joy of the competition itself, as we try to affirm every child on the field, not just celebrate aggressive athletic bodies, everyone gets a trophy. Don't you remember those days? Everybody gets a trophy to come home with. Everyone is a winner. If you've had kids in the last 20 years, your home has probably been cluttered at some point with all those little tokens of participation. Now, some are snarky in their condemnation of this not real life practice. Grow up, they say. Losing is part of life. Not everybody gets a trophy. There's only one winner. Get over it. But Paul says the ultimate goal is not the celebration of one victor lording dominance over all the others. The ultimate celebration is the finish line. However, whenever you get there, finish the race and you will have the prize. The Gospels record seven last words of Jesus as he approaches his death. I have won is not one of those seven last words. <laughs> what Jesus did say as he was dying, a loserly way to finish, if you ask the Roman government, what Jesus did say was, it is finished. Not failed, but complete. Finished, fulfilled. Everything I needed to do, it is finished. Now, it would be nice if we all had more time, but there is a limit, and we do not know what the limit is. So the secret of faith is learning to live fully, abundantly, one day at a time. Tim McGraw is another in a long line of storytellers who weave their tales to the background of a little country twang. In one of his songs, he tells of the guy who got the terminal diagnosis from a doctor and a friend asked, when it sank in that this might really be the end, how's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what'd you do? And in his very singable chorus, McGraw has the dying man to reply, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, and I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness that I'd been denying. And then he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. On this Legacy Sunday, let me tell you in no uncertain terms, you have the chance to live like you were dying because you are. But don't brood. This isn't bad news. It's just the way it is. And the good news is that God is with us and Jesus has shown us the way to fight the good fight, to keep the faith, to finish the race. Don't brood. Just type faster. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org.
Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.